Hi, welcome to Hollywood Crime Scene. This is Rachel Fisher. Hi, this is Desi Jedekin. So, you know what? I was laughing because um, someone sent me on Instagram, I told you about this, and that her and her friend were imitating <gasps> us doing the intro. Did I get, did you get the video back? No, she didn't get it. Her name is Faith. Faith, you, you uh, messaged me on Instagram and I really want to show Rachel that video. I'm dying to see they it. They did like, they redid our intro. Like she did Rachel and then her friend did me. And it was, it was like for a second, I was like, that was brutal. And then I was laughing. <laughs> like it was so dead on. You know how you hear it? You're like, damn it. That's good. Like, it's like, is it mean though? Because they love us. So, right. you know, it was like, Cute. I love that. I love that she sent that to you. That's so cute. Right. So I guess on Instagram, if you send a video, it disappears after one view it's or so something. It's so weird. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, Faith, email us that video and we would love to post it because it was really cute. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely email it to us. Hollywood crime scene at gmail.com. If you can. Yeah. No Thank gosh. you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. So let's start off by thanking our Patreons for the past two weeks. We did not do Patreon shout outs last week. So, uh, these past couple weeks we had Michigan Arachnids. Is that Ooh. like is that like a sports team? Somebody's <laughs> sports team? Maybe. I like it. Okay, we had House Hufflepuffed. Wow. These are some creative Patreon names this week. <laughs> we had Kristen, Zach, Emily, Timothy. Oh, Timothy sent the message. Yeah. Timothy, you sent such a nice message to Desi and I on Patreon and I didn't get a chance to respond to you writing back, but I just wanted to give you a special shout out because, uh, your message was so sweet and I really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, it was really nice. Yeah. Really glad to have you as a listener. We also got messages from Sarah and Christina emails yes. and those were both great as well. Yeah. We love it. So we also had Christina. We had the gorgeous garbage, Renata, Alana, Shannon, Carrie, Michelle, Jillian, Janice, and that is it. Thanks, guys. Thank you guys so much. Wait, I just looked up Michigan Arachnids. I what is it? If, I don't know if this is the same person, but it's a place that sells tarantulas. But I feel like that would be one of our listeners. I love like it. A- <laughs> I, I would love if we had a listener that sold spiders, so, honestly. Who knows? If it's you... If Send, it's, drop yeah. us an email yeah. if you sell tarantulas. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. So uh, did you watch Game of Thrones last night, Desi? I did. Did you like it? I thought it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> and here come the emails. <laughs> Look, it was obviously great, but I could not see a fucking thing. Yeah, and you told me about that, and then I watched it on my TV, and it was just as dark. It's just a dark show. When it's, like, it nighttime, is. it's dark. And I get it. It's, like, authentic, because mm-hmm. it's, like, they don't have electricity, whatever. Right, but have more torches. Yeah. I couldn't <laughs> wait for that fire lady to come back. Right, right. So that, that was, like, the was, only time it was, it was like, sort oh, of lit up. It's light. Right. But, I mean, you know, it was good. Um, sorry if you don't... if you. I'm sure if you're a Game of Thrones fan, you've seen it by now, so we can talk about it. If not, just fast forward like one minute. Right. But. I mean, obviously, I like Arya. I knew Theon was going to have his moment, and I'm glad he got that. I got like tears in my eyes when he had his moment. I like those two moments. I felt like it was like 20 minutes too long. Because there was a lot of battle parts where I was like, I have no idea what's going on. So I just would zone out for a bit. Totally. Me too. Do you know what I mean? Like, I didn't know people were getting killed, but I was like, I have no idea who that is. Right. Like, I just didn't know. So I couldn't really, since it was so dark, it was so hard to see the action in the battle. Like I had to actually read a review afterwards because I was like, did anyone I like die? (laughs) And there just wasn't a big moment about it. Right. I just didn't know. So for me, it's like, yeah, let's cut down some of the battle. Right. I mean it all. Like right. I liked when she was in the um, library. Yes. Like those moments were more scary for me because I was like I was connected to Arya, so yeah. I felt more tension. But the battles are always just a mess to me. Like right. So that's I think, my opinion. Yeah, and I think, I mean, there definitely was like for most of that episode, I was like, how the fuck are they going to get themselves out of this one? Like this is a pickle. Right. I mean, it was like pretty, looking pretty hopeless. I was pretty depressed at the anxiety. My first thought, thought was like. How are they going to clean up all those bodies? Right. Like, I would move. What it was like mess. me when I spilled the sugar right. on myself. <laughs> it was totally just like that. It was that. just like, I'm just not even dealing with this. We have to leave Winterfell. <laughs> like, 
Because it's like, why didn't they disappear? Like, turn right. into ice. That, right. that was a huge bummer for me. Totally. Because like, when the night... They're not even going to clear up that plot hole. Like, no, but when the me. Night Walker turns into ice, you can... Or the, what is his name? The Night King? The Night King. You can just sweep that under the fridge. It's like or no like, big deal. let it melt. Right. <laughs> that too. <laughs> I was, so yeah, the Theon thing I really liked yeah. and I was glad he had his redemption arc. I thought like personally, like I think he is such an underrated character on the show because he's had like the most complex fucking journey. Oh, absolutely. Emotionally yeah. of like anybody. Totally. And so I've always been like, not like that I condone everything he's done because he's definitely was a shithead in the earlier seasons. But I let, but like he's one of my always been one of my favorite characters. I'm always like, what's going on with him? Like I need to see Me too. what's going on with him. I predicted that this would happen. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people did. Right. That he would have a big heroic moment at the end. Yeah. Because he was, needed that. It was satisfying. Yeah. I was knew satisfied. he was gonna die, in my opinion, because he needed that moment. And right. he wanted it, like, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. And I was really bummed about Sir Jorah. Yeah. I mean, like, he died the way he probably wanted to die, which is protecting Khaleesi, but... Right. I mean, that whole scene was weird for me with her crying, cause I, and the dragon was, like, snuggling her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was just like, come on. He <laughs> <laughs> was snuggling her. It was like, oh. I know I was supposed to be more moved by seeing her emotional, but I just kind of wasn't. Like, I don't know. She never really gets emotional, so... It didn't seem, like, real or something. Like, I, I don't know. It definitely didn't have as big of an impact on me as Theon. Let's just say that. Absolutely. Like, that was, like, very moving, right. that whole scene. Definitely. Um, and Bran just chilling there oh, the wait, whole time. Oh, here's my one thing that also made me laugh. When John at the end, is fighting the zombie dragon, he doesn't have any weapons, and the dragon's, like, looking at him, and he just looks at the dragon and goes, oh! <laughs> I was like, that's your last power move? Right. <laughs> to just yell at him? Like... Dude, Jon Snow probably felt so, like, like embarrassed that, like, he probably felt like he could have done more. Like, I feel like I a prediction just, yeah. in the next episode he's going to be moping around, like, I should have done more. He's, like, one of the weakest characters on the show, in my opinion. Like, Look, it's not I, that I dislike him, but it's kind of like, uh, like... I'm, I'm like... He's always been the same, right? Yeah, he's always been the same. Like, he's always really good. Yeah. And, like, I love that about him. Like, he's, like, a genuinely good human being. But you want to see something, like... But he's not one of, is he one of the most interesting characters on the show to me? No, but he's definitely like one of the nicest. Yeah. I mean, he's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. <laughs> one thing I also noticed, there was like one scene where I was like, is that actor really short? Who? Jon Snow, the guy who plays Jon Snow. I think he is shorter than you would think he is. I looked it up and he's 5'8", so it was like not that no, short. No, it's not short. But I thought, I, there was a scene where I saw something and I was like, is he like 5'4"? <laughs> I just <laughs> never noticed. It could have just been the weird angle yeah. or something. Yeah. But yeah, I was like, oh, because I just for some reason always thought he was really tall or something. Right, right. But yeah, I'm looking forward to the next three episodes. I am too, because it's, I love, I like, I always love shit that takes place in King's Landing. Well, here's my one last point I want to make. I think ultimately for me, the episode, I didn't really find the uh, Night King a compelling villain. Well, we didn't really know his motives. Yeah, other, so part other than of me was just kind of like, okay, great. Let's get rid of those people because we can get on to like the right. good stories. Like, right, right. So yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was great. Look, did I spend, uh, Four hours after finishing the show on the Game of Thrones wiki page, looking at all the no, no, Desi. I went <laughs> further. I went to like the specific nerd Game of Thrones wiki oh site where you can read like the lore. Like, so oh. I now know the history, like the eight thousand year history. Okay. Of Westeros, I watched it with my foster kittens. Oh. They were really cute during it because they're always like looking at me real wide eyed as if yeah, they were scared. Right. But I know it was just they're stupid. Look, I was scared when the Night King finally approached Bran. Like that was a tense moment. I think there's another thing with the Night King that doesn't make me take him seriously because he's so memed that whenever yeah. I see him, I was like, he's still doing the come at me, bro. <laughs> Like, he's so memed, it's, like, hard for me to take him seriously. That scared like, me. When he started raising his arms, I was like, you better fucking get to him, Jon Snow. Yeah. You better get to him. Okay. Okay. Anyway, so we, we have business. a real show to do. Um, for all of our fans who like Game of Thrones, I'm sure that was very entertaining. For everyone else, <laughs> I'm sure you hate us. And I get it. It's fine. Yeah. So, I was actually very surprised that the past week, for some reason like a good handful of people were talking about the food network on our page. Right. Did you notice that? Yeah, I did. Like, did they just like, 
in, like telepathically know that I was going to do Food Network Part Two? I guess so. I mean, it's in the um, zeitgeist. Yeah, like <laughs> so, like there were all these posts that were like just like. Like, people were, like, oh, I'm posting stuff about that episode. And that right. episode was, like, over a year ago. Yeah. So we are doing Food Network Crimes and Scandals Part 2. Now, I'm going to take you back in time in the Food Network, back to the 90s, Whoa. when the Food Network was kind of still in its infancy. Food Network officially started. It was just a New York channel. It was in 1993. And, uh, you know, Emeril was one of its early stars. Like Emeril, like Emeril was like huge in like 97, 98. Like he was fucking everywhere. He was like, he was like the celebrity chef. I have a real soft spot for early food network hosts. Oh, totally. Like I love them. Yeah. So some other uh, classic food network hosts were the ladies of the show too hot tamales oh yeah do you remember them yeah of course yeah they were adorable um mary sue milliken that's right and susan feniger yes (laughs) wow i'm actually like turned on (laughs) i just got turned on by that how quick you pulled those names out of your ass okay so In 1997, during an airing of the show Too Hot Tamales, the network accidentally aired porn for over a minute. Whoa. Yeah. What kind of porn? (laughs) Well, um, and so, like, basically, this is back in the day when they're still inserting actual tapes. Right. Like, the person who's in charge of, like, the broadcasting. They're placing these tapes in. Yes. So, the tape that was placed in was spliced with hardcore pornography. Wow. Yeah. But the audio of the cooking show, Too Hot Tamales, was still audible. So, instead of the porn audio, it was the porn visual with the audio. That's actually my ideal porn. (laughs) (laughs) Because I always mute porn, but I would love to hear some cooking So, hold on a sec. I have to get the name of this book that I read. I actually found this book called From Scratch, the Un... Hold on. From Scratch, the Uncensored History of the Food Network. It's by Alan Salkin, who isn't involved in the Food Network. He wasn't... He didn't work for the Food Network, but he basically interviewed every single person who is either a celebrity chef there or worked there or was a production person there. So like, there's a lot, if you're interested in like knowing the history about this channel, which I obviously am, um, and about the history of like how these celebrity chefs got their start on the network, it's really interesting and I would read it. So this was definitely like one of the standout (laughs) anecdotes from this book. So this is a quote. The woman had been preparing a dish that required tender slices of flank steak. (laughs) Quote, you've got to pound the meat, one of them had instructed. At that moment, the tape had been sabotaged. It cut to a naked man and woman pounding the meat. So right when the chef was like, you got to pound the meat. So someone was really clever. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) The engineer had switched to the backup tape as quickly as he could. Food Network was at least professional enough at that point to have backup tapes lined up. uh, Susanna had helped set up the system. The backup tape had the identical scene of hardcore pornography on it. So they sabotaged the backup tape too. Who is this person? I don't know. And the engineer was powerless to stop it. So for an entire minute, there was porn on the TV. So it just played out whatever they inserted, basically. Yes. Oh my God. And, um, oh, and then it says, there was an anatomical anatomical close-up of copulation streamed to TVs throughout the nation, Mary Sue offering an unintentional voiceover with instructions on the proper way to prepare meat the entire time. Wow, that's hot. <laughs> like, I, I wish I could see that episode with the porn. Because well, we always laugh when send each other screen grabs of recipes where they're, even just the instructions sometimes will say something really graphic sounding, like right. glaze the buns with like... <laughs> Whatever, like, so food kind of lends itself to being, like, kind of pervy. Oh, yeah. When you have a dirty mind. Yeah. Like, I mean, that that is just, like, that is just, like, the best ever to me. That is Especially when you feel like the person didn't know. 
Right. Like when they're just so innocent. Right. Like, yeah. Totally. So because this was a federal offense to stream oh, pornography, yeah. the FBI got involved. Wow. But no one at the network said anything. Like no one fessed up to it. No nice. one knew. So no one got arrested for it. I love that there's no narcs at the Food Network. Same. I love that. <laughs> I love bad. it. I mean, it happened at like 9.48 p.m. So it's not like kids, young kids were watching I mean, it. If you're watching Two Hot Tamales, you like a little sass. You like spice. <laughs> yeah. I imagine you have a sense of humor, too. Right, right. So that's a great story. All right. Now, you know the show on the Food Network, the next Food Network star? Yes. It's like a reality show, and it's a competition to find who's going to be the newest food celebrity chef of their network. And really, the only person who ever got famous from it is season two winner Guy Fieri. Okay. So it's been like like 15 seasons just about. Oh, really? I mean, he's it's been, the only person who's he, super famous? Yes. Oh, wow. And he was the season two winner. I watched that season and he was like my favorite contestant on the show. Right. Because he was just like so... Guy Fieri. Well, he clearly has a personality. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> and then when he won, I was like, yay, my favorite contestant won. And then he got completely like shit on, right? Well, yeah. He I mean, just, he's not like, he's like one of those people who I think I've gone through a few ups and downs. Like yeah. now everyone loves him again. Well, right? and, and I feel like, you know what? I've loved him from the beginning <clears throat> and I've always been a Guy Fieri fan and now it's cool to like him again. Like you need to remember, remember yeah. his original fans. Show props. Yeah. I've <laughs> always supported Mr. Fieri <laughs> for better or for worse. Right. But like the thing about Guy Fieri is like, he genuinely is a nice guy. Like when the fires happened in Northern California, like he fed all of those firefighters. Right, I remember that. Like he, I remember like also something he did was he officiated like a hundred gay weddings. Yes. Like he's just like a, he's like a very helpful guy. Like he just has really bad style. Yeah. And, but you know what? I kind I mean, of, it's his style, but I kind of love that he just owns it. Yeah. Like he's not he trying to be he's cool. cool. Yeah. He's like trying to be orange County circa 1997. Right. And I'm fine with that. It's, if that's who fine. you want to be, love it. go for it. Okay, so that's my Guy Fieri, uh, ode to Guy Fieri. But in 2014, Chef Lenny McNabb won the 10th season of the next Food Network star. Now, McNabb, I looked him up. This guy is like a cowboy guy. Like, that's his Ugh. whole shtick. But he's not like a hot cowboy. Right. He's like... A dork cowboy. He's... <laughs> Is. Look him up. Uh, believe me, I know the type. Okay, and he wears like spangly shirts, and he oh, just like on. he's just like a dork. It's a cow. little too much. Yeah, and is he a cowboy? No, right. Who knows what he does? Yeah. I don't. He doesn't look like a cowboy. Right. Okay, it's his style. Okay, it's his style though, and he makes quote elevated chuck wagon fare. What do you know? What chuck wagon food is? I remember that it was a like dog food commercial. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't there a dog food called Chuck Wagon? And they were like, get him up, get him up, wait, roll high, yeah. let him wait, wait. I think I'm having a memory. Okay, I could be mixing up like eight things right now. I feel like, and then they say raw like, hot. No, it's like a little like wagon. Okay, it has like the little horseshoes on the back. Okay, keep going. Okay, so he makes elevated Chuck Wagon fare. So it's like beans and stuff. It's like text. Maxi, but not spicy. But yeah. It's like no, what not you. Spicy. It's like what you would eat if you were traveling on the Pioneer. Like if you were yeah. a Pioneer. If you were it's like, like what you can cook in a tin can. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, it's like stuff you can cook in a covered wagon. And you know what? I probably like some of that stuff. I'm sure it's good. Yeah. Like you have some skillet, I like some chili. cornbread or whatever. But it's like very we're traveling old west. Yeah. Okay. Like part of the prize of winning the next Food Network star is you're entitled to. A, like six episodes of your own TV show right. on the Food Network. So everyone gets that no matter what. Everybody gets that no matter what. But Lenny McNabb's show never made it to air. Oh. Just days after winning the competition, comments made by Lenny on a message board for the serious radio show Ron and Fez were dug up. What's Ron and Fez? It's some seri serious radio show. Oh, okay. So Sounds like shock jocks or sounds like okay. it honestly okay okay these comments were made in 2013 before his season of the food network star aired and i'm gonna read you his comments i'm gonna read you what he said what's his name again lanny mcnab lenny mcnab okay go ahead oh god okay okay so this is what he's <clears throat> sorry so this is what he said 
As you know, or might not, I was on Guy's Grocery Games last year, episode entitled The Old Switcheroo. I ended up losing due to my undercooked lamb, but that's not the point. I'll bet it is a good point, at least for this thread, but still not the point. The point I am getting at is this. Years ago, when I was phoning into the Ron and Fez show, I knew that I had a certain sticky factor. Yes, like cum. And I knew that... (laughs) And I knew that stardom was in my future. I'm not trying to be arrogant or pompous. I just felt it. I just felt it. Well, here you go, you cocksucking, F-word-sticking, pussy-licking, ass-dragging, mouth-breathing, knuckle-dragging, keyboard-jizzing assholes, my fans. That means both of you. I will be on Food Network's new season of Wait For It, Wait For It. I have a really big announcement for everyone. And then somebody commented underneath, he's taking over the Pioneer Woman show with that fake cowgirl re-drummond. And then Lenny responded with, I'd fuck her in the ass. That's right. (laughs) I said it. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell? Yeah. So this went like, it was published in Gawker, and, like, the Gawker headline was hilarious. It was like, did this Food Network uh, <laughs> winner just say he wants to fuck the Pioneer Woman in the ass? That was, like, the headline. I like how you can't even, like, make it funny. Like, right. Like, you just have to say it. Right. What? I like someone who's trying to be so edgy. Right. Like, <laughs> like just being you nonsensical can, you can tell in the guy. ass. Like, right. okay. And he did it in all caps. He said, I would fuck her, all caps, in the ass with, like, 50 exclamation points. I mean, that's nonsense. Like, this guy's, like, 40. Yeah. Grow up. I mean, we can make jokes about that, but we're fine. (laughs) We're not threatening people. Right. (laughs) She's a married woman, Rachel. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So he never got his show, and he disappeared. He's in total obscurity now. Oh, really? Yeah. But So what... I mean, he... So he wrote those posts when he got on the show, and then they were dug up? They were dug up after the show aired. So the show was, like, filming. But he knew he was on the show when he was writing these Yes, things. he yeah. was, like, a contestant on the show, and it was still filming. What an idiot. Like, at least right. if he had said it before the show, you'd be like, oh, that sucks. Right. I mean, uh, you still want to fuck Reed Drummond in the Like, to do that after you know you're on the show and could possibly win what is just ass. stupid. Yeah. He also, there were all these other things that have been taken down from YouTube and taken down from his website site um but that were also dug up when this like mini scandal happened and it was like just crude videos that he had made where he was like sitting on a toilet and like talking just like stuff that's like oh brother yeah like i mean look at him like no he doesn't he doesn't look like he can fuck even like he's lucky if he gets in the pussy (laughs) (laughs) he's not getting in the ass (laughs) come on He's the type of guy who tries to get in the ass and doesn't realize there's a whole procedure to doing that. Right. You can't just stick it in dry, you idiot. I mean, Ree would just have to tell him. She'd be like, yeah, sure, it's get in the ass. Butter. Get some butter. <laughs> Needs more there's butter. There's no way Ree would fuck that guy. Oh, no, she's devoted to her husband. I mean, her husband's at least a real cowboy. She would only do anal for her husband. Right. <laughs> in my oh, opinion. I agree, I mean, too. And I don't even like Ree Drummond. No. But I, I, I like know, her more than him. Oh, yeah, me, yeah. too. But I know Ree Drummond. Yeah. I she's just know not. her. She's not. Okay. Well, this is um, an, a pretty insane story. This is from... This is from a few, like, oh, I guess nine years ago this is from. Okay, so in 2004, L.A.-based pastry chef Juan Carlos Cruz was given his own series on the Food Network called Calorie Commando. Ooh. Yeah. Now, he was a pastry chef at, like, the Bel Air Hotel for a while, but then he started like trying to lose weight and he lost, like, 100 pounds. Okay. And he was on this Discovery Channel, like, health show like journal like like doing his like weight loss journey and stuff right and so that got him some like notoriety and the you know he caught the attention of the food network so he gets his own show called the calorie commando i don't remember the show i at don't all. either and but I, I typically don't watch that type of food show and i watched i want lo- calorie no commando <laughs> balls out lots of calories right. lots of calories in the nude yeah Making 
banana cream pie in the nude. Right. Okay, so he had like it was like a calorie res- sort of restrict, like it, making over foods. To yeah, be less it was calorie. literally that. It was like basically like he would have these guests on the show, and they would be like, "Well, my favorite." food is spaghetti and meatballs and then he would make some like way less appetizing probably like low but low cal spaghetti and meatballs yeah i just replaced the meat with spinach (laughs) (laughs) right i mean whatever so this show was canceled after 39 episodes in 2006 then he went on to publish some books oh like i said before he that was when he published the book the calorie countdown cookbook he also had a book that was called like the love cookbook and it was like aphrodisiac food and stuff Mm. but i'm sure they were locale yeah i don't know so it seems already sort of bad love (laughs) it's kind of like no thank you yeah (laughs) i'm not down with that so in May of 2010, Cruz was arrested at a dog park in Cheviot Hills for conspiring to kill his wife. Wow. Yeah. Now, several weeks before the arrest, Cruz solicited two homeless men in Santa Monica named David Carrington and David Waters to carry out the hit on his wife, a Los Angeles attorney named Jennifer Campbell. The Davids. They were, you know what? I read in one of the art, newspaper articles I read, they were on the streets. One of them was called Big Dave and one of them was called Little Dave. Wow. Yeah. Santa Monica. I thought that was cute. Yeah, that's cute. So... This is a woman that was his high school sweetheart. Aw. Yeah. He gave the two Davids 10 $100 bills cut in half with the promise to give the other halves of the bills when the job was completed. And I just feel like, what are you, a Dick Tracy villain? Like, who does yeah, that? Yeah, that seems like something he read or saw in a movie. Yeah. Because that's the stupidest thing I've ever fucking heard. <laughs> right. Like, I can't even believe they agreed to it. Right. Like, I'd be like, no, I'm not taping back all these bills. And, and it's like, that is like extra labor. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, seriously. I also just feel like, what a shithead for hiring homeless people who are down and out and need money. thousand dollars. Yeah. Mean, yeah. I mean, seriously. Like, I think it's ridiculous when people are like, will you kill my wife for $25,000? Like, yeah. I mean, you shouldn't kill your wife, but, but like, it should be a lot of money to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, so, right. I guess we just don't think that way. It should be so much money that you think twice. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Right. Like, if you're like $5,000, sure. Like, what right. the hell? Like, I mean, clearly this guy's deranged. Cruz suggested to the two men to use pantyhose to strangle her, telling Waters, quote, if it ends up bloody, that's fine, but I prefer you not make a mess. Ugh, pantyhose, how rude. Yeah. At one point, he gave one of the men a box cutter if they wanted to slash her throat. So he was like, here, you can use this. Here's a weapon you can slash her throat with. I'd kind of prefer if you strangle her. It's less mess, but whatever. Just get the he job done. He must have done. the stupidest Googles ever during this crime process. Like, oh all my his God. ideas, like... Yeah, they're so stupid. So he also wanted to make it look like a botched robbery. And if you watch enough Investigation Discovery, you know people are never good as good as they think they are at staging botched robberies. Oh, God. Yeah, they, like, don't steal anything. They never steal anything. Yeah, they'll have, like, $1,000 in their pocket that wasn't taken or something. <laughs> right. like It's stupid. So Cruz instructed the men when they like to the go to his house when he was gone um or basically to go to his house when he was gone and before her personal trainer was supposed to arrive at the house so that the personal trainer would like find her basically and he was like when you're at my house make sure not to harm my dogs (gasps) so he's like don't kill the dogs kill my wife he gave them a doggy bag full of like dog treats to, to, like, get them to, to be friendly. Yeah, to give to the dogs. Cruz then provided the men with photos of his residence, locations of security cameras, and possible escape routes. He told them that he wanted the job to be done by Mother's Day. Ugh. So by May 7th, the plan started to fall apart when one of Cruz's would-be hitmen was arrested for camping illegally and told the police about the murder plot. So from that point forward, the police worked with these two men to arrest Cruz. And they just, like, told everything. I mean, honestly, I bet you they wouldn't have turned him in if he he didn't make them cut the bill. (laughs) Like, they were probably like, you know what? Fuck this guy. Right. This guy, $1,000. Yeah. Like, fuck you. So Cruz told detectives that the plot was a mercy killing. Him and his wife had spent $200,000 on fertility treatments, and he said that his wife was devastated that she couldn't have a baby and that this was his way to put her out of her misery. Oh, please. What a piece of shit. 
That is the most insane thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Like, no one buys that. No. He also said that his, or it was, I don't know if he directly said this or someone else said this, but it, like his Catholic faith was cited as a reason for her not being able to commit suicide. But he kept saying like she wanted to commit suicide. Well, uh, the jury didn't buy it, and Cruz was found guilty and sentenced to nine years in prison. But they didn't kill the wife. No, they didn't kill the so wife. So she could say, uh, no, I was fine. Right. And yeah. I didn't find any, like, trial transcripts or anything. Right. I mean, he's not, like, a major celebrity, so it's right. it wasn't, like, heavily reported on. One in two women wear the wrong foundation. Are you? Time to upgrade. Il Maquillage is the boldest new brand in beauty. With 20,000 five-star reviews, their Woke Up Like This Foundation is a bestseller for a reason. Available in 50 shades of flawless natural coverage, all cruelty-free. And with Try Before You Buy, it's risk-free. Take the Power Match quiz to find your perfect shade and try it free for 14 days. Go to ilmakiage.com slash quiz. That's I-L-M-A-K-I-A-G-E dot com slash quiz. Beauty should be good for you. And that's why we're excited to tell you about Beauty Counter. Beauty Counter is a clean makeup and skincare brand that started in 2013, disrupting the beauty industry by shedding a light on the need for stronger ingredient regulations in the personal care products that we use daily. Today, Beauty Counter is the leading clean beauty brand creating innovative and high-performing products that are safer and cleaner than even their like-minded competitors. So what do we mean by clean? Over 1,800 questionable ingredients are never used in Beauty Counter's formulations. They call this their never list. You can learn more at beautycounter.com, where you're also going to want to check out their incredible products. Best of all, if you're a new customer and you order through March 15th, you'll get free shipping on your order of $100 or more when you use the code HOLLYWOOD. Once again, to get free shipping on your order of $100 or more, go to beautycounter.com and use the code HOLLYWOOD. As most of us have found out the hard way, getting into debt is easy, getting out of it is hard, especially if your credit score isn't great. Thankfully, now there's Upstart.com, the revolutionary lending platform that knows you're more than just your credit score and offers smarter interest rates to help you pay off high-interest credit card debt. I know firsthand that there's nothing more frustrating than trying to pay something down and your payments are pretty much just paying off the interest. Upstart goes beyond the traditional credit score when assessing your credit worthiness. Upstart believes you're more than just your credit score. They believe in you. The best part? Once the loan is approved and accepted, most people get their funds the very next business day. Over 400,000 people have used Upstart to pay off credit cards or meet their financial goals. So free yourself from the burden of high-interest credit card debt by consolidating everything into one monthly payment with Upstart. See why Upstart is top-ranked in their category with a 4.9 out of 5 rating on Trustpilot and hurry to upstart.com slash Hollywood to find out how low your Upstart rate is. Checking your rate only takes a few minutes. That's upstart.com slash Hollywood. As you know, on this show, we have a lot of opinions about Bobby Flay, okay. who is a very famous celebrity chef who is famous for um, being an ass and, and chilies <laughs> and for making foods with lots of chilies in them. He yeah. loves Tex-Mex food. I mean, I love Tex-Mex food. All of his recipes look good. All of his recipes look good. I have no problem with his food. I also, the show's all, I'm also like famous, famously have a really problematic crush on Bobby Flay. Yeah. Even though I hate him, but I have a crush on him. Because he's cute. He is cute. Way. But, and I also really like his cat. I know. His like, cat's what does takes him over for me. That gives him more points. And now he has two cats. He does have two cats. And I follow Nacho Flay on Instagram. It's a really good follow if yeah. you like cats. Yeah. Okay. Good. So I didn't know about this Bobby Flay story. And Ooh. I just thought it was so on brand for him as a personality that you guys had to hear it. So in 1999, the Food Network began airing the Japanese cooking game show Iron Chef. Okay. Did you ever watch Iron Chef? Yes. It wasn't my favorite show, but I watched it a lot. <laughs> yeah, I watched it a lot too. But it was kind of the first of its kind, really, I would say. It was really like the well, first. Well, the early episodes, you didn't know anybody on them. Like, they started getting more celebrities. Like, the like they had celebrity chefs, but weren't like famous. No, I'm talking about the Japanese. Yeah, like, that's what I mean. Like, the first one was like, you didn't know anybody. No. And then they started having more people. Because they rebranded it as yeah. Iron Chef America. Right. So... 
But the, I'm talking like the Iron Chef show. I read all about the history of the Iron Chef and like how it came to the Food Network. It's a pretty interesting story. But basically, it started out in 1993 in Japan. If you've never watched the original Iron Chef Japan, I they're on YouTube. Yeah. I highly suggest it. It's like it's so. Um, it's just wild. It's like it really was the first cooking game show. And basically, like the whole premise is that this rich man known as like this billionaire guy known as the chairman, chairman. he has a fantasy that chefs will compete in a stadium to cook him the best meal they can. And they all have like a big, the show starts with like a big, like, welcome to the stadium. Yeah, like, it's, like, <laughs> it's really dramatic. There's literally smoke machines. And, like, lights kind of glaring Yeah, around. it's, yeah. like, a very dramatic, like, it's, like, wrestling, but not it's as totally crazy. Wrestling. But it's, like, just really dramatic. And then there's also, like, swelling, you know, orchestral music And the that reveal plays. of the ingredient. Like yeah, yeah, there's, like, a lot of shouting in the beginning. And it's just, like, all of these chefs are, like, the best chefs ever. There's, like, an Italian, a, a chef who's... They're all Japanese men, but there's like an Italian chef, a French chef, a Chinese chef, and a Japanese chef, and they're all like master, yeah, masters at what they do. And then the then they get a secret ingredient, and they have to build like a five course meal around that one ingredient. Right. And it's like a really cool show. So that show was like a cult phenomenon to viewers in a few cities across America because the show was popular in Japan. But there was local Japanese channels in like I was it was on in in San Francisco, yeah, so I New had York it too, I and think. in New yeah. York and then in a couple other cities. Like so, if you were lucky enough to live in one of those cities, like if you were on the Japanese Probably channel, if they have a Japanese population. Yes, yeah. so that's why San Francisco we yeah. had one, and it was like became like this cult fave show with like college students who would watch yeah. it because it's like this who's ever seen anything like this before, right? So the Food Network got hip to the show uh someone who worked for them like a like a guy like a a lower tier person who worked at the food network was like you guys got to watch this show it's crazy and so they were like okay we want to buy iron chef and we'll dub it in english because before you could just watch it in subtitles so it came to america it was a hit everyone was like what is this show and They decided shortly after they acquired Iron Chef that they were going to film a brand new episode that would take place in New York City featuring an American chef as the challenger. And that chef was Bobby Flay, (laughs) the hometown hero of New York. I mean, Bobby Flay is so New York. Yeah. Like, he's just like, and he's like, he's got to defend his city. And Bobby Flay's a Sagittarius, so that makes a lot of sense. He's a very competitive man. Huh. Interesting. Um, so in 2000, the entire Iron Chef crew came to America to film the episode with Bobby. And it was a gigantic production. And those guys partied hard when they came to America. Uh, Bobby's competitor was Iron Chef Masaharu Morimoto, who's a very famous chef. And the secret ingredient to this uh, episode was rock crab. Five minutes into the one-hour battle, Bobby cut his hand when he stuck it into the food processor. Ugh. Now, it wasn't on, but he, like, was so... The blades are really sharp. They're very sharp. I've cut myself yeah, on it before. Too. Yeah, So he wraps his hand up in Ugh. a towel and kept moving. Then, 20 minutes later, Bobby noticed he was standing in water. The sinks were leaking. He put his hand on the stainless steel countertop and electrocuted himself. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's no. In the book, it says, and his red hair standing on end. Wait, I like how he looked and saw his feet were in water and then touched. Like, he wasn't like <laughs> suspicious about that. I guess because he was moving so fast. Right, right, right. Then he noticed the wires of the oven that were running oh my God. in the wire. That's... So, like, during this whole competition, he's periodically shocking himself. Oh my As God. he's running around and his hand is bleeding under this towel. Jesus. It's insane. But Bobby told his sous chefs, we're not fucking going anywhere. We have 40 minutes to finish these dishes. Let's go. Damn. <laughs> I know. But despite his injuries, Bobby managed to finish in time. And when the clock ran out, his sous chef hoisted a triumphant Bobby up onto the countertop where he stood with his arms raised, cheering, raise the roof, yo, raise the roof. (laughs) I wish he got electrocuted. (laughs) Bobby, I mean, does he? 
I watched a clip of this on YouTube, and he really says, raise the roof, yo. That is embarrassing. Look. Like, I was with him until that moment. Look, uh, I'm going like... to post the clip. And the title <laughs> of the video on YouTube is, Why Bobby Flay's a Fucking Douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Right. Okay. So, in Iron Chef, like, during the competition, there's, like, you know, fake reporters going around like it's like a sports thing they're like covering you know definitely like a sports battle it's like a sports battle so there's like reporters with cameras like going around there's an announcer like recapping like the whole thing so one of the reporters goes up to chef morimoto after the competition and says how did you do and this is what morimoto said i did my best the reporter said and what about your competitor morimoto he's no chef Ooh. The reporter, what? He's no chef. Why? He stood on the cutting board. In Japan, the cutting board is sacred to us. <laughs> Bobby's like 50 feet away or less. And right. this guy is just roasting the fuck out of him. Jesus. But like Morimoto is like genuinely offended looking. Right. He's like, this guy's like, a, I'm not dissing him. Or I'm not dis- like being puffy here. He's unprofessional. Like, yeah, like yeah. he was genuinely like, who the fuck is this guy? He just stood up on his where the food is. Like, right. where the, I mean, it is pretty gross. Like, why are you standing with your shoes yeah. on the countertop? Anyway, so that, like... How made, else are you going to raise the roof, Rachel? Look, <laughs> Bobby Flay lost Ooh. by, like, 10 points or something. Like, right. he lost that competition. And then it made it to the papers. And this was sort of, like, one of the first big things that would, like, cement him as the bad boy chef. Yeah. Kind of. I have a vague memory of all of this, but I don't think I watched it. Yeah, like, people were, like, so disrespectful. Like, Bobby Flay's so disrespectful. He just wanted the glory, and he wanted it, but da 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 Yeah. Okay. So... I've decided to uh, make our last segment of this episode a tribute to someone else we talked about on the first part, okay. which is uh, infamous celebrity uh, non-chef, I will just say food personality, Sandra Lee. Oh, good. Okay. Now, these are some of Sandra Lee's, in my opinion. It's like I just sorted through a bunch of her recipes, and these are some pretty standout, terrible recipes. Ooh, I'm so excited. we're so if you don't know Sandra Lee, please just listen to part one. Yeah. We explain who Sandra Lee is. Um, I hope in depth. In depth, we explain <laughs> who she is. She makes semi home homemade meals, and boy, are they semi homemade. <laughs> okay, so I'm guessing this is a recipe for like a Halloween episode because they're called spicy bat wings, but it's really just buffalo chicken wings. Okay. Here's the recipe. One 32 ounce of packaged Tyson buffalo style hot chicken strips. So they're not even wings. Wait, they're chicken strips? They're chicken strips. Okay. But she calls them wings and she calls them bat wings. I'm already off. Maybe that's because, okay. Black sesame seeds. And then you make what's called bat chips, four garden spinach wraps, four sun-dried tomato basil wraps, olive oil cooking spray, kosher salt, and freshly ground pepper, and then the goblin dip. This is the goblin dip. One can creamy chicken verde condensed soup. Where do you even buy that? Recommended Campbell's. Recommended Campbell's as if anyone's buying another version. Right. One package jalapeno jack cheese shredded and a half cup of sour cream. I mean, that is disgusting. You mean pepper jack cheese? Yes. (laughs) Jalapeno jack cheese? Yeah, pepper jack. Okay. Okay. Wait, how how are these wings? Like, why not call it something else? They're frozen chicken tenders that she's reheating. With, like, breaded? Yes. Okay, and then what's the other part? The sesame seeds go on top of them to make them look like bat wings because it's for Halloween. So that makes them black? Yeah, the black sesame seeds. So how many are you fucking putting on? (laughs) These are some of the comments. But what are the sun-dried tomato and the other thing for? Wait, oh, those are just the flavored wraps. So you're cutting them up and making chips with them. Chips? Like you're cutting tortillas up and frying them to make chips. Oh. But they're colored chips. They're like the sun-dried right, tomato right, right. flavor and I basil. Understand. Okay. But the dip is really what sends me over the edge. What is the dip again? Pepper jack cheese, sour cream. And condensed soup. I mean, the soup is the problem. That's the problem. <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah. These are some of the comments underneath. Cranny G says, I felt weird putting already cooked food on a grill, but I tried it anyway. 
the chicken was dry and the sesame seeds fell off. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bob R. says, the dip was appallingly bad. It went into the trash. (laughs) Okay. Here's another recipe. Savory chocolate fondue. I mean... You just hear savory, you know she's going to fuck it up in a major way. Yes. These are the ingredients. Six tablespoons of butter, one shallot, finely diced, mm-hmm. six tablespoons of all-purpose flour. I guess she's making okay, a she's roux. Like, oh, yeah. Two tablespoons of cocoa powder. Okay. Three cups of beef broth. <laughs> okay. One cup of red wine. Of one tablespoon of Worc- Worcestershire sauce. Mm-hmm. A fourth cup of chopped unsweetened chocolate. <laughs> cayenne pepper. Salt and pepper. Olive oil. One pound beef sirloin cut into one inch cubes. <laughs> you remember that there's chocolate chips in this, right? Right. But I have had chili with chocolate in yes, it. Yes, but Sandra Lee's going to fuck yeah, it up. Yeah, she's like, uh, yeah. This is not the way to do it. No. This is not the way to do it. One pound of red potatoes. Okay. And one pound of cheddar cut into cubes. Oh, God. Okay. Um, I didn't get the comments on that. It was just really gross. What is that called? That's called savory oh, chocolate savory. fondue. And how are you dipping the cubed stuff into yes. the chocolate fondue? Yes. <laughs> That's so gross. Yes. So you're dipping potatoes into the chocolate fondue. <sighs> it's beef and chocolate together. The think the beef broth, like even when I've made chili that has chocolate in it, I don't have beef broth. No. It's like tomato. Usually. Yeah. Yeah. Or like a mole type thing. I just don't trust her to make, like I, I, chocolate Why does can anyone go savory, want that? but I don't want her chocolate savory. Why does anyone want to dip stuff? Like no, that's it's wrong. <laughs> it's so wrong. Okay. This one is particularly baffling. White chocolate polenta. Oh, I think I've seen this one before. Okay. This look, is horrible. <laughs> pol- polenta is like Italian grits, but right. it's never meant to be eaten sweet ever. I know some people, it's like a controversial thing. Like some people eat their grits well, sweet. Well, it can be like a breakfast cereal. Yes. But yeah. polenta is like a strictly savory Usually, like when you get it at a restaurant or you buy it, like you put like Parmesan cheese on it or something. Right. It's typically. It's typically savory. So when I saw this, like it took my hat clean off. White chocolate polenta. These are the ingredients. Uh, One package of quick cooking polenta, a fourth cup grated Parmesan, two teaspoons of dried thyme, and one fourth cup white chocolate chips. See, the problem isn't sweet. It's, it's that she's mixing Parmesan and white chocolate. That does like, not go that together. That does not go and together. Time. I mean, ew. So this is this is a comment. These are some of the comments. I don't have to make this to determine. This person didn't even make it. She was just so she's offended. Like, Look, I don't normally make comments here. I didn't even. She goes, I don't have to make this to determine what's wrong with it. Time and any chocolate don't mix well. This would have been better with spices, like perhaps a combination of cumin and cinnamon. Just because almost everyone has dried thyme in their cupboard doesn't mean it's good with everything. Most of us have cinnamon too, and cumin isn't uncommon. Then someone said, what the fuck, Aunt Sandy? (laughs) And then someone said, it was awful. Tasted one bite and threw out the whole batch. How does she have a cooking career? I like, I'm genuinely baffled. I am too. I don't even remember her like story. How she got on the Food Network. Yeah. It was basically like someone recruited her. Was like, you got to, someone was like, this lady's going to be the next Martha Stewart. Right. And it's like, no. How dare you? Yeah. How dare you? Okay. This was actually a very controversial recipe um, that she did, and it's her lasagna recipe. Okay, I'm going to read you the ingredients. One package lasagna noodles, one and a half pounds of lean ground beef, one medium yellow onion, finely chopped. So far, everything's like, okay, fine. One tablespoon minced garlic, one tablespoon dried oregano, two cans of tomato soup. Why? Why does she do this? It's just (laughs) as easy to buy a jar of sauce. Right. It doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, Nonstick cooking spray, two cups of cottage cheese. It's just as easy to buy ricotta. It's right next to the cottage cheese. She's not saving us any time here. No. (laughs) And two cups of shredded mozzarella. So people were pretty horrified at this. The fact that she, for some reason, decided to use tomato soup instead of a jar of pasta sauce, which is just as inexpensive. Right. So this is uh, what somebody said. This recipe is awful. To label this as Italian is a disgrace. (laughs) 
Ricotta, tomato sauce. If you don't have a recipe, look up Ina's or Tyler Florence's. They both use San Marzano's, and they're both great. And Parmesan are staples in a good lasagna. And oregano, that's for pizza sauce. This is almost as ridiculous as the time she sauteed turkey cutlets with a cherry sauce. Wow. <laughs> I like this person. I do too. They're <laughs> they know what they're talking about. They're fucking livid. They're like, turkey does not go with cherry. That's a duck sauce, you fucking idiot. So this recipe got the attention of the mother of Sandra Lee's then boyfriend andrew cuomo oh who's italian obviously and she was not happy about it really how mortified would you be if your boyfriend's mom was like dunking on your food in the press i love it yeah so this is what uh so let me see this is from this is from the new york times from 2010 okay On Tuesday, the Food Network star's Sandra Lee's cooking, specifically her lasagna, took a public knock from her possible future mother-in-law, Matilda Cuomo, mother of the New York State Attorney General and Democratic gubernatorial candidate Andrew Cuomo. Miss Lee's lasagna recipe calls for two cans of condensed Campbell's tomato soup and a container of cottage cheese. When a reporter from the news channel ny1 asked mrs cuomo whether her son might prefer the tomato soup version to his mother's own uh she dismissed the idea that's not how you make a lasagna mrs cuomo said gently but firmly look she's just speaking facts right (laughs) and you know what that is not how you make a lasagna i i would love to like interrogate sandra lee like, I want to know why. Like, I can understand if people want to save money or they don't have access to supply certain things. Yes. But jarred tomato sauce is everywhere. There's no excuse not to get Prego well, or if Ragu you can find, or, like, if whatever. If you can find Campbell's, you can find jarred tomato right. sauce, so, right? So, yeah. Like, I get f- there's reasons why you have to break tradition or whatever. That's not the problem yeah, to me. The problem is none of her solutions are easier or less money. Or better. Like, right. <laughs> I just think she goes so over the top with these combinations. It's like, no. I feel like she has enough wherewithal to come up with creative dishes at a low price point for people who don't have access to fancy ingredients. Right. That's, that's totally, perfectly cool. And that's the show I want to watch. Yeah. That's the show I want to watch where it's like, oh, no. how can we get creative? But like, she's trying to be creative, but it's all fucking gross. Well, it's literally like when you buy, like I've bought these kind of things before in, in like garage sales or whatever. You'll buy like a local church's cookbook or right, something. Right, right. And it's all recipes like that yeah, kind of I stuff. Know. Where it's like, throw in a can of cream of chicken soup. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, every every recipe has some kind of canned ingredient. Right. And you know what? Sometimes it can be good. Like, oh, yeah. Because it's trash and good and I like it. But it's like, some of the combinations, like I remember one time someone, did we talk about Butterfinger Pie? Uh, no, but I love Butterfingers. So I had like a white trash party and everyone bought like a food but they were trying, supposed to kind of gourmet it up a bit. Right. And someone brought Butterfinger pie, and it was like crumbled up Butterfingers and like Miracle Whip. Like, oh, it was disgusting. Oh, my God. And I was just like, what? And it's like, of course I tried it, but it was like, it was like good, but gross, because you couldn't get over Wait, what it was. Miracle like, Whip? I can't remember. It was or like cool mayo. Whip. No, 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 no. It mayo. was like mayo. Right. What the fuck? But that's what I feel like she comes from. Like, right. And I grew up with that kind of stuff too, but I also had a mom who knew how to cook. So it's like, it was like, I had a few of those in my life growing up. Like I went to church functions where they would have that kind of bullshit at these, like like, ambrosia salad, ambrosia salad or whatever. Uh, And like I said, some of them are good, but I feel like she just didn't move beyond that. Like, I don't even doubt you can use canned soup in ways that would work. Like that's I have yeah. no problem with using canned soup in recipes. But I would She's love to know why. Why over ragu? Right. Like, why? There's no reason that's for what, it. That's what I'm just saying. It's, it's like baffling. her choices are baffling to and me. And I could even like see cottage cheese, like if it's lower fat, like it's a way to save calories. Or Fine. maybe like, you don't. You might not have ricotta at your right. supermarket. But the soup to the ragu sauce, like I'm just using ragu because it's like the most popular grocery store. Right. Something like that is everywhere. Yeah. Like that's not an unusual ingredient anymore. Right. So I don't get it. Like she's, she's baffling. horrible. She's baffling to me. I do like her, how much she drinks. 
Like her oh, drinking oh, is funny. Oh, I forgot the cocktail. I was oh. gonna end. <laughs> I was gonna end this with a cocktail, just like she does on her show. Okay, so uh, this recipe is called uh, the Lush Lagoon. Ooh. It's definitely for lushes. Okay, so the Lush Lagoon is a bright green. Oh, it's really more of an emerald green martini style drink it's in a martini glass okay uh sandra lee famously makes a cocktail at the end of every episode of her show and she always puts in way more alcohol right that's her little thing than like most people would so this recipe is one kiwi peeled and sliced two shots of vodka one shot of melon liqueur and one part simple syrup and then a dash of jalapeno juice so like the jalapeno juice from the jar okay yeah because it needs a kick. You mean so just like the brine? Yes. Sliced jalapeno? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes, Desi. The first comment for this recipe is, tried this recipe and within a half hour I was out. Ended up being taken to the hospital <laughs> to get my stomach pumped because of alcohol poisoning. Zero out of ten would not recommend. What? So I was like, excuse me? So I like Googled this drink and then I found a blog post article that said the semi-homemade party that ended in a trip to the hospital holy shit so somebody and i couldn't find the original post i just found their friend that wrote an additional sister post to this but some like these people in 2009 had a semi-homemade sandra lee themed party which honestly sounds really i was honestly like let's have one no we should have one where they made like the best sandra lee like the best of her recipes so they made all these like ridiculous recipes of hers like yeah um so this was i guess somebody they they like had a fountain of this lush lagoon drink so i mean this seems like their problem like they drank too much they drank too much but it is a very alcohol heavy beverage but i just the title of that was just like fucking hysterical to me yeah oh oh, i have dessert i forgot dessert okay sensuous chocolate truffles i want you to look at these truffles and tell me what you think they look like they look like soft shit (laughs) (laughs) okay do they look sensuous to you no okay i'm not into that desi How easy is it to make homemade truffles? It's very easy. It's very easy. Okay? Yeah. This is Sandra Lee's recipe for homemade chocolate truffles. One 16-ounce container of chocolate frosting. (laughs) Sorry. Three-fourths of a cup powdered sugar. Uh One teaspoon of vanilla extract. And a half cup of unsweetened cocoa powder. And then you just shove it up your ass and just (laughs) squirt it out. Basically, why on earth she there's something really appealing about her blatant disregard and like she has an aggressive hatred she to like does. us all right. she for does. giving us these recipes. She is trolling all of us. I like how much she fucking hates us. Yeah. Like she thinks we're all idiots making right. the shit. There's no other explanation for it. Listen to these reviews. I made these just to try them out and to give to my friend's kids. They didn't even want to touch them, and my buddy's wife got mad at me for trying to gross their kids out. Apparently, they thought I had made gag pastries to look like something else. (laughs) (laughs) I like how you look at that picture and make it. When I assured them that it was food, the older kid, Brian, took one and took a bite and told me that it was still gross. I guess I got what I deserved for being too lazy to make them the fudge like I promised. <laughs> There's like a lot. I mean, a lot. I have a lot of questions about this one. First of all, I love that his friend's wife, who you know, this guy's friend's wife has already been like on the edge with this guy. Right. Right. This was the final straw. Like, you know what? I've been looking for something to finally fucking tell you how I feel. And these shit balls are the way. That you brought into my yeah. home. How dare you? How dare you bring these cow patties in? I like that you promise kids you're going to make them fudge. Like, what year is this? <laughs> this, this is like 1860. <laughs> Mom's going to make fudge. <laughs> I just love that this guy went over to his friend's house and pissed off the wife by bringing. Oh my god, this guy! I don't know. I can't find the other review, but it was basically it, someone's child cried after they took a oh bite. God. That's the other thing I didn't even think about. That canned frosting is so sweet, and you're adding more powdered sugar into yes. it. Yes, like 
That's it's crazy because that stuff is so sweet. It's like, overly sweet. You only add powdered sugar to like cream cheese frosting because it's no flavor. Like there's no sweetness to it at all, right. and you get that texture you want. I, I'm like trying to fix this recipe in my head. It's like maybe cornstarch would thicken it, but not sweeten it. Why? But why? 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 Just why? make fucking truffles. It's so easy. Just melt chocolate and cream it's together. Ganache, and then you let it harden and you roll it into a ball. It's so easy. Right, and it's delicious. It's yeah. two ingredients. Yeah. It's two fucking ingredients. Ugh, what a nightmare. I'm so upset by this chocolate Those truffle. Those look like actual huge, like, you know that shit, where it's like, <laughs> it's barely holding together. It's not quite diarrhea. It's pale. Like, it just looks oh, sick. It looks unhealthy. Yeah, it it's looks unhealthy. unhealthy. If someone shit like that, you would go get them tested. Like, if your cat did that in the litter box. I would go yeah. take her to the vet right away. Romy is on the table right now. She's like, did someone say cat shit? Oh my god, Romy. Oh. All right. Well, I guess that's it. Um, do you have anything to add to anything? Do you have any announcements? I don't have any announcements. Just check us out on social media, Instagram. <laughs> Her cat's butt's in my face. Uh, Facebook group. Um, if you want to join our Patreon, you can do that. Yeah. What is it? Patreon.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So, yeah. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye. Bye.